You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. everyone welcome to the gastroenteritis blues my name is steve Lipman. i am with emily anderson and dan volpone emily first question is to you i need your live reaction there was just a trade in the nba uh according to Woj and shams and everybody else oklahoma city is finalizing a trade to send trevor ariza to the miami heat for myers leonard and a 2027 second round pick uh, Leonard is going to waive his no trade clause and then apparently be waived by Oklahoma City. Emily, what is your instant reaction to this trade? So it's essentially a 2020, was it 2027 second round pick? That's so far. 2027 away. and uh, right. And, and uh, Myers Leonard, who plays but, video games on the internet. But that's like, a, it's like a throwaway. Like, I don't, I don't understand how that works. Um, like why, like, why can't the Heat just wave him? Like, why do they need to trade him to wave him? Like, I don't understand. I think they wanted Ariza. Yes. So they, they matched the salary. Oh, okay. It's a salary match thing. I'm like, if they could have just done Ariza for a 2027 second rounder and wave like Leonard, I guess it's the salary match part of it. Okay. That makes more sense. I don't Um, understand the trade stuff that well. As an Eastern Conference team, are you worried now that Trevor Ariza is in the East? No. Great. Dan, what is your <laughs> takeaway on uh, on this trade? I know that you're a big Myers Leonard fan. Uh, Shut up. You should... <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> um, do you have any takeaways on uh, on this trade here? I do not have any takeaways. Um, Ariza hasn't played this year. Um, this does feel like a very heat move because they it feels a lot like what they what they did with Iguodala last year. Um, right. Just like old guy who at one point was a solid three and D player. And they're like, let's get him. So maybe it'll work out for him. Um, I, I don't think it changes anything at all. I think the Heat are actually like, you know, they're a fairly dangerous team. I wouldn't. They're on fire lately. It's not like if like, and Jimmy's been great. Like if we, they're not a team that I would expect us to roll over in a series. I'm not saying like I, I wouldn't pick the Sixers, but. You know, they're already a tough team. I don't think this makes them any more or less, I think, is they're the same. But still, right. like, they're, they're, a, they're a damn good team. Um, I have, uh, you know, I know that uh, some, some Sixers fans and writers are thinking about getting a stretch big on the Sixers. Um, Dan, do you have an opinion on whether or not you'd like Myers Leonard to 
fill that role? What do you think? <laughs> I, I would not like Myers Leonard on the stick. <laughs> He's also out for the season. And Is he? Yeah, and Dwight's hitting 20-footers already, so what do we even need to stretch big for? That's my opinion. Did you see Dwight last night? Dwight's he the best. Two, took two perimeter shots, one went in. Gorgeous. Um, I think that uh, it's probably a good place to start is to talk about last night's game. The Sixers played the Knicks. Um, Dan made his triumphant return to covering the Twitter for the Liberty Ballers account. Um, what did you think of that game? I mean, the Sixers pulled it away uh, at the very end. It was a bit of a slog, and Tobias Harris had a great game, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, what, what did you think of it? Well, it was it was a fun game, which was not how it started out. And I was like, of course, I get all the terrible games on Twitter, and the Sixers are <laughs> the Sixers are going to end up you know, losing like an 80 to 70 game and it's just going to be gross and I'm not going to be able to turn it off. But it became a lot of fun. Uh, Tobias was awesome, like he has been. Um, just just a completely different player than last season. And not just in terms of, you know, I don't think his habits really stuck when we thought maybe he would be taking more threes. But I also don't think that that has mattered and I don't want to like focus on that because he's doing what he does best and he's doing it very very well um and it's it's been great to watch um he's he's become you know just like such a joy to watch after being at times often i would say not just at times but most of the time really like painful to watch in his time with the sixers so it's it's just i feel completely different about him this year and and yesterday was just another example of that, another example of him coming up big. And it was tied with like a minute left, and he made, you know, or I guess a couple minutes left, but he, he made two straight shots. And um, he's just – I think that his change in play this season, like just how much more efficient he's been, um, makes me more than anything, more than – even more than Joel and Ben playing better, I think that, like – that makes me more hopeful for the Sixers in the playoffs than those other things because he's just been huge. He's been so good. Um, it's really wild. I mean, he's not – he's no longer any sort of liability on defense. He's, I wouldn't say he's a great defender, but he knows what to do and where to be. And um, Daryl Morey recently, just uh, about an hour ago, shared this stat, and it's sort of like the Thaddeus Young stat that put – Oh, yeah, that's LeBron. exactly what I thought of when I saw um, But – if he were to now, this could be a real stat. If it's twenty points per game, uh, fifty forty ninety basically. But the one that uh, has included now is fifty forty eighty nine percent plus. Uh, but if 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 Tobias were able to climb up from eighty nine point two to ninety percent, that would put him in the company of Larry Bird, Dirk Nowitzki, Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry, which is just to say that he's had an incredibly efficient season. Um, and it's really cool to see. I think that uh, he, you know, the way that he was celebrating was a lot of fun. Uh, he definitely took the matchup against Julius Randle very personally, and uh, Tobias definitely thinks he should have been an all-star. I think it's a great time. Emily, did you watch the game, and, and what were your takeaways? I did watch the game. I missed the first half because I was driving home. But um, my takeaway is mainly, and it's been this way all season, like, to just show the difference between last year's team and this year's team, because last year we don't win that game. There's mm-hmm. no way we win that game. We let it get away from us and we lose by 15 points. 
And this team just like scratched and clawed. They were within like three points so many times. And I was like, and then they would go up to 10. And I was like, this is where it falls apart. And it never fell apart. And they just kept like going, like led by Tobias. And like they won, obviously they won the game. And I'm just impressed because these are the games that I'm used to losing. Right. Um, I, I will say in the Tobias conversation, I don't know about you guys. I am so confident when he has the ball in an ISO and he's going to go get his own shot. Like, I think in years past, I would have hated that because it's over dribbling and it's not good offense and it's all of this kind of stuff. But Dan, are you in the same place here where it's like, while he's going for his own shot, I, I now expect it to fall every single time. Well, you definitely expect it to go in because he's been making them. Um, right. I will say I, I, it would drive you crazy last year. And I don't think it does this year. And that's probably two things. One of them is that, you know, he's making them, which is great. I think a big reason he's making them and, you know, therefore a reason that you're not mad about him taking them all the time is that the middle of the floor is more open because mm-hmm. you don't have, you know, Joel posted up on the block and Al posted up at the foul line and, and, you know, no one having to cover Ben on the perimeter and, you know, the quadruple post-ups and all that, the things that were that were very characteristic of last season. Um, and last season, Tobias, you know, he doesn't really like to take a ton of threes. He loves to, you know, attack the closeout and dribble to the elbow and pull up. And last year it was really just infuriating because it, it he, he needed to be a guy last year who was going to space the floor. Um, right. And he wasn't. He was... And this year, we don't necessarily need him to do as much of that because we have guys who are just going to shoot. I mean, Seth and Danny Green are mostly just standing behind the three-point line, and they're guys you have to pay attention to there. So Tobias, if he doesn't take the three and he goes to the foul line, it's not so bad. Um, And I think that it's a big reason he's been so successful. I was thinking about uh, the Horford thing that you mentioned uh, on the last podcast about how that made stuff really hard on Tobias, especially. And I was thinking, was Tobias basically sometimes on offense playing shooting guard? Because, like, during a Joel post-up, I know that Ben's the point guard when he has the ball. But when he doesn't have the ball, he's close to the rim. And, like, is that Tobias, like, basically having to play shooting guard while Josh Richardson and him are just sort of floating in the mid-range? I mean, that's just – it really was poorly constructed and – uh, we talk about this all the time. We talked ourselves into it. I was sure that they were going to be great, and uh, and they weren't. But uh, it's just great to see him in this kind of situation. Uh, Seth Curry had a big game yesterday. He had 20 points. He took seven threes. Um, very good stuff. And Danny Green didn't have it yesterday, and I love that Doc Rivers didn't force it and uh, only played Danny 22 minutes and – went to guys like Korkmaz and a little bit of Matisse uh, off the bench. Somebody who didn't have a good game is Shake Milton, and it feels like he's had a rough go of it for a while now. Emily, what do you think about where Shake is at? Are you fully confident in him as a member of the playoff rotation, or what do you feel about Shake right now? I mean, as the roster is constructed right now, I feel I don't know who else would be in our playoff rotation. Like, mm-hmm. we have Matisse. And then you prefer, like, Furcon in the playoff rotation? Like, I still feel more confident with Shake just with his athleticism and his wingspan and everything like that. But 
um, he needs to start making more shots. And he's definitely going to need him to do that tonight, too, if we're going to we have a chance at winning this game. We need someone to come off hot off the bench for sure. Is is the uh, shake position basically the Sixers six man? Is that something that you would like them to upgrade at the deadline? Or do you feel confident enough that he'll figure it out to not make it a priority? I would like to see them upgrade it, but I'm not saying like trade shake to upgrade it. I'm just saying like right. put one person above him and have him be like the seventh man. You know what I mean? Like we need like right, one right. guy above him, but I don't want to get rid of him for like an upgraded member. We need like one more person off that bench. Yeah, I'm with you. Derek Bodner recently wrote about shake and he's just on such an incredible contract too at his age. I feel like you certainly don't trade him, but if you can just move him off ball a little bit more, uh, and put less uh, sort of uh, responsibility on him, it might be a good idea. Dan, what do you think? Where are you at with Shake and his recent struggles and projecting forward? Yeah, I'm not super worried about it. I mean, he'll he'll play better at times. He'll be this at times. But for the most part, the Sixers have been really good with Shake in the game. He's one of, you know, in, in lineups when Bennett and Beat are out, it's only him – Matisse and Tobias, who, you know, lead the Sixers to a positive net rating. Um, obviously, you could, you know, cherry pick stats for everything. But I think it is true that, you know, they need a guy who can do what he does, which is, you know, slide in. He can slide in with the starters um, in that in that Danny Green role. Say if Shake is hot to end the game and Danny Green's having a rough game, you put Shake in with the other four starters and that lineup is super successful. Or... Mm-hmm. You know, when when it, we might come playoff time, um, just looking at, at how good Ben and Embiid have been together versus how much worse they've been separate, and the fact that Ben and Dwight are not a supernatural pairing. And you might say, let's play Ben and, and Joel together as much as possible. And then you have Tobias leading the bench, and you can have Shake helping out with that. Um, I just think that even if he's not playing well in terms of shots falling, his his skill set, um, his threat to shoot, his ability to handle the ball, and he's still one of the better passers on the team, I think is a pretty big deal. And you can somewhat trust him on on like on a decent guard. You know that that Shea can play good defense. He's like like Emily mentioned, he's long, so uh, it's not it's not where I would be looking to make a big change I'd, I've written about this but I'd much rather you know upgrade Danny Green you know trade that contract to get uh, a fourth starter who's who's good enough to play with the bench but um, we'll see I, I it, he's not really my point of concern with this team at all right now though yeah um, just while we're on that subject I was thinking about it earlier earlier today would you trade Danny Green for Evan Fournier uh, because the salary make makes it work. Um, if you were gonna, if the Sixers were were gonna include a second round pick or two, but I know that Danny really does bring a lot to the Sixers team, even when he's not hitting a ton of shots. So, what do you think about that sort of trade off? Would you do that? Yeah, I would do that. Interesting. Tell me. Well, I mean, I haven't, I don't watch a ton of the Magic, but I've, I've, you know, seen what kind of season Evan Fournier is having, and. Uh, it's impressive. I mean, he's averaging 18 and a half for the second straight season. So again, he's a guy who can take on a bigger role when you want to put him with the bench, which is what Tobias has done so well. 
Um, and he's, you know, shooting, I think he's taking, so he's taking 6.73s a game and hitting a little over 37%, which is basically right where Danny Green is on slightly more attempts. So I don't like, I know Danny has bad games. I'm not really worried about his shooting. I think he's, you know, he's been league average ish, a little higher on decent mm-hmm. volume. Um, but Fournier on top of the threes is going to give you so much more on offense. And he's, I mean, Danny's not that great of a defender. Like he's not what he used to be on defense and he's averaging 10 fewer points. So I to me, that's a no brainer. Yeah. I think it's, you know, Danny's definitely a better defender than Fournier. And I think that you do give something up in that, but you know, like you've been talking about, they need somebody else to help carry these lineups where Joe and Ben are on the court and Fournier does a lot offensively. I wrote a piece about him recently on the site that uh, just about diving into his numbers and, and the ways he gets his shots. He's always been bad in the playoffs, which is something that you just have to hope doesn't stay the case uh, once we move forward here. Um, we have Eric in the chat who uh, wrote in, uh, do we think a year from now Maxi can take on Shake's role because if so, why not trade him for a Kyle Lowry per se? Emily, what do you think of that? Um, I don't think that Maxi can take on Shake's role. I don't know. I just don't see unless he takes like a huge leap and Shake kind of took a leap, but then he took we've talked about this last week, I think. Like he took this leap and he looked amazing in the like first I don't know two 25% of the season, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's kind of, like, regressed back to, like, a normal improvement off of a, like, rookie season. So I don't – unless Maxi like, takes that jump that Shake took initially and then stays there. But I don't really see it. He's really not in the rotation at all. Like, he comes in at the end in garbage time with those G League guys. Doc doesn't seem to be playing him a ton. So I don't – I don't really even think he's getting enough run right now to develop into that. Yeah, Dan, what do you what do you think about this? I know you you're definitely team Lowry, but what do you think of this particular question? Yeah, I don't I don't think that I think Maxi has a long way to go. Um I wouldn't be surprised if he got there. I still think that he was a great value at twenty one and I, I like him on the team. Um seems like an awesome dude. Um but he's – I don't think he's particularly close to shake at this point. I mean, he's shooting 45% from the field. He's shooting 27% from three. Um, he's – at times looks like he's playing a little bit too fast. Um, and all, I think those things will come. I mean, he's, he's clearly a decent shooter. He's shooting 85% from the foul line. He can handle the ball. I don't, I don't question his – you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't I don't question that he could develop, but I don't think he's a year away from being Shake. I, I mean, keep in mind, Shake is not that young. Maxie's 20, and Maxie, Maxie is 20, not even 20 and a half yet. And Shake is about 24 and a half. So Shake's over four years older than, than Maxie is. And so Shake kind of taking a couple steps forward after getting a lot of run in the G League, things like that, isn't that's surprising because he's already an older player. And I think it will come to Maxi. Um, and if it's next year, that'd be awesome because I, I, I think he can be that kind of player who can, who can, we've seen it from, we've seen flashes, but I, I don't think 
next year is super realistic for him to be able to put all that together to improve the shot, to have the game slow down for him a bit. Um, but maybe the year after that, I, I, I do still think he'll be a good player. I am a Tyrese Maxey believer. Yeah, you know, the other thing that's hard to figure out is on this team, like where is the path for him to get the minutes that he would need to take this jump, you know, to take the leap into taking over that shake role, let's say if shake gets sort of elected into the starting lineup. I, I don't know. I think it's hard. You know, you just mentioned Maxie's age, and I really think that if Maxie was on Sacramento this year, he would be a lot further along at this point. But the Sixers aren't in a position to just sort of let guys figure it out on the court because they feel like they have to win every game. Um, the Lowry thing, you know, I think we've all said that I would definitely do that. Um, I think if you're Daryl Morey, what you probably want is an assurance from Lowry's people that he would re-sign, that he would like to stick around in Philadelphia for a two-year contract or something to, you know, make it a little easier to to trade a guy like Max Hughes in the first of his rookie year deal and uh, and whatever pick or picks you need to include with him. But uh, yeah, I would do it just because I, I, I know what I would get out of Lowry and I don't know when the Sixers would be in the position to let Maxi become what he's at, you know, ultimately going to be. Uh, but I agree with you. I like Maxi and I'm happy he's on the team and uh, I think he'll be good somewhere. Um, on to the game tonight. Sixers play the Bucks at seven o'clock on ESPN. How are we feeling emotionally about the game tonight? Um, Emily, I'll start with you. How are you feeling? I believe that you and I both picked them to win. Uh, this game tonight and you oh and and you're going to the game tell us everything I am going to the game so I feel like I have to feel positively about it um I mm-hmm. don't particularly enjoy seeing them lose so I'm going to put all of the positive vibes into the universe for a win um the things I saw last night from Tobias and Seth were encouraging if we could do that again would be cool um <laughs> would would like that um also you know doc said matisse had just an average defensive night and he owes him one so i would like matisse to pay up on that tonight would be good and we'll see what happens with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I, uh, I'm excited to, to see what happens. It's obviously a really tall task. I mean, Milwaukee's really good all the time uh, and they don't really take games off in, in sort of the way that a lot of teams do. Um, but the Sixers are great at home and they always are. And they have playing great lately. They've won six straight and I'm sure they'll all be getting up for this one. Dan, uh, in terms of guarding Giannis uh, lately, that has been Joel Embiid's job. Uh, he's been tasked with guarding Giannis and he's done as good a job on him as anyone. Uh, obviously Joel is not, going to be able to play tonight so how do you think the Sixers will attack guarding him and then you know uh Chris Middleton and and Drew Holiday what do you think well I'm guessing they probably send a lot of guys or at least have a lot of guys looking at Giannis the whole time um with the way Doc has talked about Ben 
I think Ben, that he might try Ben out on him. He's, Doc's shown he's been willing to try Ben at situations that he struggled with before. I mean, Ben, I think, has had a few games this year where he's like been surprisingly successful at the small ball five, whereas there were none in the past. Um, I still don't think that that's like a, a good long-term solution for anything, but in some situations it, it's worked out better better than it had. So, you know, I'm pretty skeptical of Ben being able to guard Giannis. He's just – if anyone if anyone can guard Giannis this undersized, it'd be Ben because, you know, Ben is such a good defender. But Giannis is playing such good basketball lately. He had a – he had 31-15-10 and 10 in their last game. The Sixers played last night in a game where the starters had to play the whole game, and the Bucks did not play last night. So the Sixers are already worn down, and Giannis is probably the most physical player in the league, which is going to be tough on an already tired team. Um, yeah, it, it's just going to be such a tough game. The Bucks are really, really good, and, and I am worried about who's going to guard Giannis. I don't have a... a, a good solution to it i think they try ben out and um maybe ben can do it maybe maybe ben steps up i would be surprised if Giannis didn't have a huge game um but i would obviously i would love to be wrong i don't think you can put you can't matisse is way too small and besides that they're the they're the guys who usually guard the best players on the other teams so um uh, yeah i'm really not sure who who can who can and no one can handle him, but I'm not sure who will even try on him. Yeah, it's going to be tough because they, this also does create a bit of a ripple effect where in the past matchups, it's been Simmons guarding Chris Middleton, uh, and he's a tough cover, and he's a tough cover. Um, so I'm not exactly sure who that matchup goes. I guess that would go to Tobias and then – or Danny Green or, you know, it's not easy. Um, I, I wonder who's going to guard Giannis when Ben's not on the floor because at least – Physically, you hope that Ben's wingspan and, and size and length can at least give him some sort of trouble. Outside of Ben, is it like Dwight? Are we trying Dwight on, on Giannis? Emily, what do you think? How many fouls do you think Dwight would have on Giannis? <laughs> I honestly think that like Doc might just have to match Giannis's minutes, Ben's minutes to Giannis's minutes. We know hmm. that Ben doesn't get tired. He's like a robot person. So... <laughs> I think that that will work in our favor. It's so interesting. Like, I know that, like, basketball reference heights and stuff are not the most accurate. But, like, if you look at Giannis and Ben, like, they have Giannis having two pounds on Ben and that's it. But everyone considers Ben, like, an undersized against Giannis. So I just think that's kind of funny. Like, he's not that much smaller than him. He just, like, plays a little bit smaller. Um I know that that's like not a Giannis grew accurate. a lot since since those numbers were there though because those were probably when he was drafted. So you probably Giannis probably put on you know thirty pounds and and two inches or three inches since then. Do people grow when they're that old? Well, Giannis was I, drafted like eighteen. I remember Paul after? George. Paul George grew like three inches after he was drafted. That's like really? one of those guys I remember. Yeah, Durant did too. Yeah. I didn't even know that was, like, biologically possible. I'm still um, waiting on my growth spurt. I think any day I'll now, you, I'm 28. I'm a solid 5'9". In auditions, I forgot what he said. In, in auditions, I'll say I'm 5'10", and uh, that's, that's a lie. Uh, but that's pretty much it. 5'9", 5'10", that's me. 
And you're a you're a you're a five eleven gentleman, right? Yeah. So I can get if I wear boots, I tell people I'm six foot though, because um, it's true. Wow. And Emily, we, what did hmm? we settle on? What was your height? Uh, five nine. Five nine. We'll just do this every week. Yeah. Well, I think it should be a new segment, <laughs> and we see if we've grown. <laughs> we all measure ourselves against the against the wall, and we make little markings. I think the fans would love that. I think so too. It'll be great radio. It'll be really good. It would, um, Emily. Who who do you think on the Sixers would be the X factor tonight uh, if they want to get this win over the uh, over the Bucks? Um, part of me wants to say Shake having a good night off the bench, and then part of me wants to say Matisse locking down Jeremy Grant. Those are like my two. If those two things can happen and Ben can kind of handle Giannis and someone can kind of handle Chris Middleton, I think that we have a chance. We need like one Hang of on. those. Jeremy Grant? Like cut. What? No, not Jeremy Grant. <laughs> that guy's going to tweet at us. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. He is. I don't know why I was thinking about Jeremy Grant. Who are you thinking of? Middleton? What? Were you thinking of Chris Middleton? Drew Holiday? No. Chris- I think of Drew Holiday. Mm. There we go. Both Sixers We're back. They are both both J Sixers, X Sixers. Yeah, I love Drew. I was a big Drew fan. Me so too. Um, if Matisse can lock down Drew, and I like that he left kid like left stop playing for the Pelicans to take care of his wife. That was very sweet. It was very sweet. But anyways, back to my point before I got off track. <laughs> before I made a horrible error. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because Matisse is bigger than Drew. If he can, like, take care – if two – one of the three main guys on the Bucks can be, like, kind of, like, shut down, like, Ben locked Dean down that one time, then I think we have a shot. But I don't know who is going to do it, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think part of it, when you play somebody like Giannis, and teams run into this when they play Embiid, part of it becomes – okay, do you single cover him and you're just okay with him probably getting 30, 35 points no matter what? Um, or do you send help and take your chances with some of the Bucks' roll guys missing threes? Dan, what would you go with if you were uh, Dan Burke and the Sixers? Sorry, can you repeat our options here? Um, yeah, I also like to repeat it. Guys, who I was the hell am I talking to here? I mean, <laughs> this is supposed to be a conversation. I go through this whole thing, and you both say, huh? I wasn't listening. I, wasn't I was listening, listening but I was also about guarding Giannis. All right. <laughs> Would you rather the Sixers go with uh, single covering Giannis with Ben or whomever uh, and just being okay with him getting his or with sending lots of help and taking your chances with the Bucks three-point shooters? Uh you know, missing some open shots. Ah, yes. Um, weird answer here, but I, <laughs> to me, it depends on if Dwight can stay out of foul trouble. So mm. um, if if Dwight's in the game and not, you know, fouling his way out of the game, I think that you single cover Giannis. If he gets by Ben, Ben can come from behind, put put pressure, you know, to towards, you know, wherever Dwight is and Dwight can come over and help. Uh, Dwight is... A, a you know, a solid rim protector, and he's rebounding so well this season. 
Um, and you know, we know Giannis, you know, after, even if he misses at the rim, he's always there trying to get the rebound. So um, if Dwight's in, I think that makes things a lot easier. Um, but if he's, if he's not, then maybe you do have to send some guys. It's just so hard. You don't want to, you don't, the, the Bucks are just, they have so many good players, obviously Middleton and Holiday, but DiVincenzo as well. So you don't, you don't want to have those guys uncovered. You don't want to allow open threes. Um, I know Lopez isn't making threes like he used to, uh, which is why I feel a little bit okay about having Howard right. hang, out, hang out in the paint a little bit more. And I think that's their best bet because if they have to start sending guys, I guess, you know, first, even if the White's in foul trouble, you see if Bang can, can handle him. But like I said, I'm, I'm skeptical of, of that just because of how physical and, and just bigger Giannis is. So if you have to, I guess you send some guys. But if, if it gets to that point, we're already in trouble. I think that our, our only chance is to not have it get to that point, which we would see if, it, if that's possible. Call me crazy. I'd love to see Poirier get a run at Giannis. I think just get in his fucking head and throw Poirier out there and, and let him deal with the repercussions of that. Um, we'll see if that picks up any steam like, uh, as we go. Like a mind game like Giannis, we don't even think you're any good. Like this is the guy that we're putting on you. Like we think yes. that this is the guy yes. that can handle you. Like we don't need to put our best defenders on you because we don't think you're good at basketball. We're putting the team manager on you. How does that feel? How do you feel now? I, I think, think she, that's, she would take that personally a little bit. Poirier would too, though. Mm. I mean, you don't, you don't want him to get riled up. Let me, let me tell you. <laughs> um, <laughs> who, who are you worried about on the bucks getting hot? if not one of their main three guys. Uh, is there anybody over there that you can see just killing the Sixers that uh, would be a very sort of Sixers-y thing that a random guy goes off for 30, Dan? Uh, probably DiVincenzo. I mean, he's the, yeah. he's the best player outside of, I guess you could argue, I mean, I don't, I don't see Lopez getting super hot, uh, although he did have 22 on Monday. So um, I don't, I guess I don't worry as much about him as I do, about about DiVincenzo just because of how much attention is going to have, have to be put on those other guys at the guard position. And, and, you know, if you have, you know, say you have all your best defenders on their best players, you have, you know, Matisse on Drew Holiday, if you put Danny Green on Middleton or, or switch those, and then Ben on Giannis with Dwight paying attention to Giannis and everyone kind of keeping an eye on Giannis. DiVincenzo is a really good player, and they don't really – they don't have the fourth guy. I mean, it depends. I guess it depends who you put Tobias on. But at that point, you're just you're just really hoping for everything. So I, it's going to be a tough game. We'll we'll have to see. Um, I think Tobias is going to have to Tobias is going to have to step up defensively to have, you know, one of those four. Not. I mean, they're all going to get something, but um, to I guess to have someone outside of those three not come up huge it'll I I got I take it back because you probably put Danny Green on 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 DiVincenzo but I still would say DiVincenzo we'll have to see what they do yeah um Emily is there anybody that you're uh sort of worried about on another level except for Jeremy Grant is there anybody you're worried about might take over this game from Milwaukee 
It would be really concerning and really shocking if Jeremy Grant took over. So that is. It would make point. you right, though. It would if I he know. just comes straight out of Detroit and plays for the Bucks tonight. He would make you right. And once again, I'd be the only one that's right all the time. And I'm going to reach out to mad. that guy. I'm going to reach out to that guy and tell him to listen to this one, <laughs> just so he can get mad at Emily. <laughs> um. Not, per- but to answer the actual question, um, not particularly. Uh, I just don't like DiVincenzo mostly because he went to Villanova. So, I, if he had a good game, it would like hurt me on multiple levels. Do you have but an anti-Villanova thing? I do. What's that? What? What? Where do you think that stems from? Um, my dad. Hmm. <laughs> Did he go to Villanova? No, he did not. He played football at Delaware, and and at the time, they were, like, large football rivals, and he does not like Villanova, and it has passed down to me, so. Got it. So does that at all influence whether or not you want Kyle Lowry, or is he far enough remu- removed? Um, He's far enough removed, Um, and also he's, like, from Philadelphia, so that gives me something to, like, Put, although DiVincenzo is from Delaware, but that's not the same as being from here. So, mm-hmm. so no, well, it's okay. Well, we'll just have to see. You're going to the game tonight. Do you have any plans for signs? I, I, you alluded last time to trying to get on the jum- the jumbotron, and, right? Uh, you, you you know there are rumors swirling about the Carlton cam. What do you think uh, will be your mode of getting onto the jumbotron? And can we have an over under? for the quarter by which you will actually achieve this goal? So my best chance, honestly, is I think the this is so embarrassing to actually like say the words, <laughs> is the drip cam because I have a really, really cool Philadelphia sports-themed denim jacket Whoa. that I'm planning on wearing that's like embroidered and it has all these cool Sixers patches on it. And so I feel like I could get on the drip cam when they like show all the walk-in outfits and then they like look for cool fan outfits. I feel like that is my best bet. So the jacket you're describing sounds exactly like a jacket that my dad wears all the time. It's a, it's a denim blue jacket that he sews patches onto from each team. And when they get like a, a, a championship or a, a whatever division championship, is this sort of what you do? Like, have you patched, or sewn sort of patches onto it like he has? Um, so my dad made it for me. It has like, you know, the like Philly love symbol that someone made that has like all four sports in it. Like mm-hmm. the Eagles are, so it has that embroidered really big in the back. And then he sewed like all these patches onto it for me. So they're not like, it's not like a historical jacket. It doesn't have like, it hasn't like stood the test of time, but it is mm. the same concept. Like it's just, but it was just made at like one point in time. Got it. Um, Dan, if you were trying to get onto the drip cam, what would you wear? Oof, that's... Me, I I think you'd have to... Your best bet is, like, a really weird hat, you know? But, like, one that's Mm. just too big. And no one's going to get mad because there's not that many people there and there's, like, rows between you. So you're not blocking anyone's view. I think if you just got, like, an Abe Lincoln-type giant hat, then... Yeah, I think I think that would be that would be my best way to do it. Do you, do you have, have a much hat like that? 
Oh, I don't own anything like that. But if if that were my goal, I would <laughs> I would Amazon Prime it. Okay. Um, do you own much Sixers memorabilia? Memorabilia? What's that mean? Do you mean like uh, jerseys, hats? Oh yeah, that stuff. Yeah, I have I have some hats. I have well, I have three jerseys. I have the old blue Iverson, the current red Embiid, and then I got a fake one that's like just way too big on me. This Robert Covington. Hmm. That's like and are these real them. jerseys or are they jerseys? These are real jerseys. Um, oh, wow. But the Covington one isn't like uh, like authentic. You know what I mean? Um, and it's just it's just like massive. Like I can't I can't wear it. Um, but then besides that, I guess I have I just have like some like some t shirts. Yeah, I have a I have an Embiid white jersey. I have uh, for the Eagles. I have a Corey Clement jersey. Those are flying off the shelves. Uh, and for the Phillies, they had a left-handed reliever named Arthur Rhodes. I don't know what year they had him, but I thought he was great. And I have a very expensive Arthur Rhodes jersey that had to be custom made. Emily, what's the most obscure uh, piece of sports memorabilia you have? Um. So. It is like the year 2011, and I my dad tells me he's gonna buy me a Phillies jersey. This isn't actually that obscure, but I think it's a funny story. And then I was like, okay, I love Cole Hamels. I want Cole Hamels. My dad said, no, he they're gonna trade him. They're gonna get rid of him. He's not gonna be a Philly for very long. You know who you should get? Hunter Pence. Oh so no! I have an official Hunter Pence Phillies jersey. <laughs> Who was there for one year? Granted, Hamels eventually left, but he was there for a bit longer. And I still love Cole Hamels. And, He's great. Um, yeah. So that would be my most obscure. I when I get Sixers stuff, I have tended now to stick to Embiid and Simmons. I have a lot of Embiid stuff. Um, because I've that I was burned, and it's burned into my memory. So. Yeah, I uh, I think, uh, boy, when the Phillies traded for Hunter Pence, I think we all felt like we were winning that championship and it didn't yeah. work out. But There's I was very excited to have him. Moment. It was a great moment. Oh, like, the let's go eat thing. It was a, um, whole, it was a movement. Dan, I'm going to give you the opportunity now to guess a Sixers line tonight. Any Sixer you want, but it can't be a DNP. Guess a Sixers line tonight against uh, the Bucks and – We'll all do this, and whoever's closest wins a big prize. It's a Corey Clement jersey. Down? Do we have to pick uh, like? What'd you say? Do we have to pick like a like a starter? Because I get I could I could guess like a garbage time guy, but I feel like that's that's no fun. You can guess whichever you like, uh, and it's just going to be whoever is closest. Yes, I'll be writing these down. Okay. Uh, Dan, you're up first. Go right ahead. All right. All right, here it is. You ready? Mm-hmm. Danny Green. Nine points. Mm-hmm. Two rebounds. Mm-hmm. Two assists. No, I'm sorry. Anything? I'm going to do four rebounds. Okay. Four rebounds, two assists. Anything else? I'll give him 
We're just doing those three and, and blocks and steals, right? Yes. We're doing all, all right. of this? My God. <laughs> I'll give him one steal and zero blocks. Okay. Emily. Okay. I'm going to go Ben Simmons. Okay. I'm going to give him 27 points. Wow, Wait. that'd be great. Yeah, I, I see. I can see that. A, I think he, he. We're having a big, yeah, he, big he, Ben he, game tonight. Down is personal. Yeah. So I'm giving him a 27 point triple double. So we're going 27 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, two, three steals, zero blocks. All right. I am going to go with Dwight Howard. I'm going to say 14, no, 15 points. Wow. 14 rebounds. 25 assists. No. <laughs> um, uh, I'll say two assists. Um, no steals. Three blocks. Whoever's closest uh, will win a very special prize um, brought to you by the people at Vox and SB Nation. Can't wait. Um, and that's really it. Emily, enjoy the game. Be safe. Get onto the Carlton cam or the Drip cam or whatever you like. Um, do Give you guys Jeremy have anything else? Love. Give Jeremy Grant my love, of course. It'll be good to see Jeremy. Uh, anything from either of you before we get out of here? Yeah. I just want to say... If the Sixers lose tonight, it does not count because Embiid's not playing. Agreed. If the Sixers win tonight, the Bucks are frauds and yep. the Sixers are going to the finals. And I think that that's all that really needs to be said. Definitely okay. agree. Emily, anything else from you? No, I'm planning on trying to do a really close analysis of the size difference between Giannis and Ben tonight when I see them on the court. Mm. Um, so I'll get back to you on that. And that's all. All right, great. Well, have fun, uh, and we uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us again on Locker Room. Uh, we'll be back with another one next week, but before that, we'll have a regular episode uh, out uh, late this Sunday night. Uh, good talking to you guys, and I will talk to you soon. See ya. Bye.